Working on Thomas. Gets around him. Up under and in. Oh, what a move for Kyrie Irving. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome into the Up and Under podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Joined with me, as always, it's Zeeshan. Yo. All right, man. We're... The NBA season looking fun right now, man. Like I'm, especially after the after this last batch of games for the Raptors. I mean, like yeah, Raptors sick, fam. I mean, like I'm having fun. Like the like this season has been super fun to fun to watch right now. And uh, that's called championship mentality, bro. That's what winning a championship does. It with. is, man. So and that's called that's called what having a winning culture does for you. Part of a championship. Just random people coming. In. Well, I mean, not technically random, but like just next man up. Yeah. And they're producing the same way. Yeah, so that that's been fun. I mean, like other teams have also been like been great to watch. I mean, obviously, like Trey Young in Atlanta has been fun. Uh, Utah, Den- Denver, Jokic hitting these crazy ass game winners. Like, so the NBA is in a great place right now. But we're now what twelve games, I guess, into the season right now, and it's time to look at teams who are overachieving and teams who are underachieving this season, because obviously now we're. We're getting into the point where things are starting to ramp up, and you know we're getting into like the all like the Christmas winter seasons. So this is the dog days of the season, where it's like teams are going. This is basically what determines how teams are going to fare heading into uh, playoff seedings. This one, teams season. are trying to figure out what they're going to be establishing their exactly. identity. Exactly. So in this episode, we'll be basically breaking down the teams that are overachieving, the teams who are underachieving as well. But before that, if you haven't already done so, definitely subscribe to the show on all on all podcasting platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. Basically, whenever you, wherever you can find a podcast, we're the Up and Under Podcast. Also, check out our website, upandunderpodcast.com, where it's a central hub for our show. If you guys definitely missed last episode, last episode was a great one. We talked about uh, we basically did a whole mock draft for the best players under the age of twenty three years of old years old. So if you want to see you know the drafts process that Zisha and I kind of took definitely check that episode out it's probably one of my one of my personal favorites that we've done so far definitely so check out that if you haven't already done so but let's get right into this this week's episode all right so I, I think let's start with overachieving teams we'll start on a positive note uh and obviously we hinted on it to begin the episode but the Raptors are one of the teams that are so far overachieving you know well for most people for most people like most for people, us we kind of I mean, I said we would take back-to-back calls. Yes. Surprisingly, I'm very happily surprised that we didn't. Yeah, but we said, bro, we said... called back-to-back L's. I was like, nah, they're winning one. We predicted one. this team to be the third seed. Yeah. So, we're, we're, and other people like... um, um Jacoby, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Jacoby, Jacoby said we wouldn't make the playoffs. Bro, he he said, oh, I forgot about the Raptors. That was so... How do you, how do you forget about the champs? I mean, that's so... Like, I feel like the Raptors got so much disrespect, especially when Kawhi left, because it was just, like, people just lost faith in what, like, this in this team. Like, they were just like, oh, this team was just Kawhi Leonard and a bunch of guys. No, this was a talented team. <laughs> and the, the record Bro, showed so that's far. why. 17 and what? Five or whatever it was? Without Kawhi Leonard, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that's not for nothing. I mean, like, they, they did it because they, they are a good team. And Nick Nurse is proving that he is a Coach of the Year candidate already. Bro, give this man coach of the Like, he's a really good coach. Like, you wouldn't have known it, but last year, but this year, man. And the Raptors are currently... No, eight. even last year, bro. Would Dwayne Casey have been able to do any of the things that Nick Nurse did last year? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see. Definitely not on the offensive I mean, end, man. It doesn't matter now. I mean, like, Nick did what Dwayne couldn't, so... 
he won that he won the chip, so it doesn't matter anymore. But the Raptors are currently eight and three, and the what they what was even the probably the best Petra games. They almost swept the Clippers and the Lakers at Staples Center. Like so, they beat the Lakers. They beat, the, they beat the Lakers without without Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka and, and Mr. Three P. Patrick McCaw. Of course. And of course. Patrick McCaw is... Uh, so the Raptors are right now off to an 8-3 record, like I, like I just said. And, like, they... They beat... They not only, like... They basically swept both the Clippers and the Lakers. Almost. And, and beat the Clippers. Uh, and, the and they beat the Trailblazers the other night. In Portland. In Portland. But I think the most impressive thing about their, the Lakers and Clippers and this last touch of games is they're doing it without Lowry and Andy Baca and obviously Pat McCall, the GOAT, 3P. Mr. 3P. Mr. 3P himself. And then in uh, the Clippers game, OG got uh, poked in the eye by Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And then he was out for the rest of that game, or for the second half of that game. And then also out for the Trailblazers game. Yeah. And they still won. I think it just shows how much depth is really on this team. Like, the Raptors scouting department. Like, Raptors 905, the whole developmental program for the Raptors is actually really good. I mean, we see, we see guys like Chris Boucher, who nobody even knew who he was. The guy's freaking blocking LeBron and AD in LA and freaking pissing off. Well, I mean, he won MVP and D, uh, Defensive Player of the Year in the yeah, league. But nobody would know, would, would know it. And, like, the guy showed up. He balled out. And Terrence Davis, Terrence we look, Davis. we picked this man off, off off the street, and he's already like the next Fred Van Vliet already. Like Rondé Hollis Jefferson finally got some minutes. He sold his doghouse, by the way. He <laughs> sold he sold his doghouse, you know, and like you know he asked Nick Nurse for for like a bit, you know, a bit more of a you know a luxury kind of you know apartment, yeah. you know, it's like, nothing major, you know. He, he's not asking for Bro, the reason major. I just I always said Rondé just needs some playing time. Because the one thing I like about this guy, this guy's just an aggressive... He's hustle, man. Like, the dude... Aggressive bleep, bro. He's just an aggressive guy, man. Yeah. He's he's all heart, all hustle, bro. Yeah. His jump shot might be broken as hell, but defensively... He plays some great defense he's, LeBron he's and Kawhi. He's great defensively. So, he's very good defensively. He's a good player. Like, I, I, I have two... I, I just have two words. That's called winning culture. That's what it does for you. When you have a winning culture set... A precedent like that set. Case in point, the San Antonio Spurs, where they would pick guys up off the street. Derek White. Um, Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes. They would all, would, every single year, there would be someone new that everyone just go, oh. I mean, last they discovered Davis another Bertans. Davis Bertans. They, it would just be, oh, this, the Spurs discovered another guy. And that's how it's going for the Raptors now. And credit that to Masai who started all of this. Yeah, I mean, and also we can't we can't talk about the Raptors without talking about the play of Pascal Siakam and Fred VanVleet. I mean, like Pascal has been great. And two G League guys again. Pa- Even- yeah, they're both G League alum. But Pascal has been great. But Fred, Fred is just. I mean, both of them incredible. Honest, like if we knew Pascal had this in him, but we didn't know Fred had this in him. Man, like Fred is just. Well, I mean, up. without Lowry, he's forced to take more shots and. He's making those shots. Like, so. he's hitting threes at a... I think at a career-high clip right now. And bro, like, and he's, he's launching them, man. It's he, not even just, like, spot-up. Bro, he's three. literally, like, what? Off 34 the screen, feet? Like, he, off the screen, pull up from, like, 35 feet away. Like, this guy's launching them, man. That's what happens when you, like, play that good in the finals, bro. And one, one thing I heard, actually, about yesterday, like, the Portland game, was just about, like, how do you guard the Fred Van Lee pascal pick-and-roll? How do you guard that? Exactly. Because so, Pascal is now hitting... Hitting his pull so up I was I was actually watching the game, and so what happened was on the first play, um, they ran uh, with Marcus All. They ran Pascal, Fred, and Marcus All, pick and roll, 
So they ran the doubles. People fed him with the marketing. I don't, I don't. Okay, I don't remember the exact. But way, how but do you I, stop I remember that, it was those three guys: Fred Van Vliet pulling up, Pascal in the post, cutting to the basket, Marcus all passing. One of the best big man passers in the game. How do you stop that? You can't. And so it worked the first time, and they nurse literally told them, "Yo, just abuse it, bro." And they kept running over and over again, and that's how we got like eight points off them. Yeah. And like the Raptors, shout out to Marcus who finally like played a really good game, man. Marcus Hall, like he's he's getting it, you know, like he's still he's still Nick Vucevic's daddy, but we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that. So, but the Raptors are like they're not like world beaters on offense. They're 14th off in offensive rating, but they're rating on defense, defense and three point shooting. Fifth in defensive rating, second in three point percentage. Weren't they second in defensive rating like last after before? They've that? always been a top five defense. Like, they've had yeah. a really solid defense. They've, Really, really good defense. But I think and that's without OG, Kyle, Sergi Baca, bro. They're winning these games. Yeah. It's it's straight up been actually impressive. How, like, how like they, the, been... they held LeBron to a bad game. Yeah. Even though LeBron had triple-double. But I don't, want, I don't want to hear that, bro. He, he did not Kawhi play good. Kawhi had what? A, Kawhi did not play good. What did Kawhi have? Damian nine Lillard had two nine, nine shooting? No. They was, held Kawhi to like two was, of nine shooting and nine turnovers. Yeah. Kawhi had like, I don't know what he had, like 14 or something like that. Damian Lillard had nine points. So they've been locking everyone up, man. Yeah. And even true. offensively, there's like struggles. You can see offensively struggles. But when when the when we need baskets, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam show up big time. Yeah. When when it's clutch time, Pascal Siakam always shows up. And same with Fred Van Vliet. Like these guys are clutch, bro. That's yeah. what winning a finals does for you. And yo, second and three more percentage. I think this is the first Raptor team in like. This modern era. Well, I think I think weren't we pretty decent? I think we were good last year too. No, I don't think we were this good. I, I think we were like no. within the top ten. But yeah, I don't but think we exactly. Second. So top ten last year is still pretty good though. I don't think we were ever second, which is like, uh, that's in- incredible. I think, but yeah, the Raptors overachieving so far this season. The well, for most people, for us, not really. For us, this is what we expected. Man. Yeah. We, we knew they were a good team, but, but moving on to the second team <coughs> that American we feel, media. yeah. That, moving on to the second thing, who we feel that is overachieving is the Miami Heat. Now, the Miami Heat going into the season, we didn't have a ton of high expect. I mean, we were fairly high on the Heat. I think we placed them at the fifth seed in our predictions. Fifth or fourth? No, Boston's fourth. Yeah, Boston we put them at fifth. We put hey, them at we, fifth. we said Miami was going to be a pretty decent. We heat. thought Miami was going to be we scrappy. Just, we just didn't think they would be better than the top four teams above them. Yeah, which isn't a knock on them. It's just. The top four teams above them are pretty good too. I mean, and where they're winning is on defense. I mean, they're a fourth defensive, fourth in defensive rating, man. They're they're solid team. They're top ten in three point percentage, and especially you wouldn't think that they're a top ten team team in three point percentage when in, they have guys like Jimmy Butler on their team and like guys who aren't really shooters on their the team. The biggest thing for is for them is that they've maintained that whole scrappy identity. Yeah. But now they actually finally have offensive players like Jimmy Butler, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero. And obviously, Dragic so is still running, there, running the show. Dragic is there. Bam is still there. Justice, uh, even though Justice is being injured. But Justice Winslow is still there. So, the thing is that they've improved on what they already were, which is a hard... You you do not want to face the, no, their team. But, really in addition, team. now they have actually offensive firepower with Jimmy Butler there. Yeah. And Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero, all those guys. So, that's the biggest thing for the Heat, is that they're... They, they just got substantially better with all the new guys that came in without sacrificing anything that they had before. So yeah, I mean Miami's like, pretty good, man. Miami's good, man. Like I think the best thing that the way to describe Miami is that we expected them to be good, but we just didn't expect them to be this good. Like we were true. Like this is truly like. I think the main thing is that 
the rookies, man, the two rookies, Tyler here and Kendrick Nunn, we did They were huge boosts for them, which we didn't not we did not expect from them. Like I mean, when you when you when you would have told me Miami pick like uh, Tyler Hero, like I I didn't expect this guy to be like a uh, the guy he is, the player that he and is. Kendrick Nunn. And Kendrick Yo, Nunn. Golden State took a fat O by not having getting him back. Oh man. He he now he's in Miami. He's doing this in Miami, so. Yeah, I mean, like Miami, man, they're they're overachieving for sure. Um, yeah. So next up, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves, which we touched upon, I think, two episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, check check that out if you haven't uh, seen that episode yet. But we touched upon that, I think, like two episodes ago. Yeah, in our uh, surprises, so yeah, of season, and the Timberwolves, they're not world beaters. Like we're not gonna say the Timberwolves are like a great team, but they're an average team. They're, but they look better. I think the reason why they look better is because they've been so bad before, and now that they're finally making some improvement, it's really shocking. The main thing is, for one, Carl Anthony Towns is playing better. He's also shooting a lot more threes, which is uh, Ryan Saunders' thing. So, for one thing, Tom Thibodeau, he was a good coach in the past, but I think... He uh, lost his touch. No, I don't think he lost his touch. It's just, I think the NBA moved past him. The NBA, the game moved past him is what I think happened. You know, so Carl Anthony Towns has been putting up more threes. I don't like shooting him shooting 14 threes, but I guess that's modern NBA now. Um, but yeah, Carl Anthony Towns is playing better. And then, as you pointed out... Wiggins. Exactly. Like, I, I, I'm literally, like, I was watching, before we even started this episode, I was watching the Minnesota-San Antonio highlights. I don't recognize Andrew Wiggins. Like, I don't recognize him... In a good way. In that's a good way, yeah. I, I literally... And happy because this is the type of Andrew, and I know I remember tweeting about this. This is the Andrew Wiggins that we've been wanting to see. I just hope he can keep this going because he looks good. He like, he he's playing he's playing a little bit from. I mean his stats defensively still aren't great, but looking at him in game, he's more engaged defensively. He's playing more efficient offensively. He's actually more engaged as a whole on the court. And I want to give a shout out to, um, if you guys haven't seen his YouTube channel, A Funky Diabetic, bro. Because this was the first guy that I heard that actually talked about Andrew Wiggins before the season. And the thing that he said that's actually come true is that uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves should try playing Andrew Wiggins at point guard. Which they haven't done, but they've given him the ball a lot more. So what he was saying is that Andrew Wiggins, the problem with him, we can all agree, is that he's talented, but he just drifts in and out of games. He's not engaged. So if you force feed him the ball, he's going to be forced to be more engaged. And when he's more engaged, you can have a better player. So let me even tell you Wiggins' last last few games, like the stats that he's been putting up. And I think the biggest thing about Wiggins is that we knew he can score, but we wanted him to do other things. And I think now you're seeing him. He's starting to facilitate a little bit more. He's getting up to about four assists per game, five rebounds. Well, exactly, so now that he's forced to be engaged, he's playing a lot better. Like, look at this, his last few games, I mean, 40-5 and five against Golden State, 40.5 boards against Golden State, 25.4 rebounds against Denver, 33-6 and six against Detroit, 30-8 and eight against San Antonio. Like, this is the type of numbers that we want for And they're resulting in some wins. They're getting wins. That's so, the biggest thing. Yeah, and then, obviously, they have uh, some other guys, too, like Josh Kogi, I really like him. He's a really good defensive player. He's sure a bit. Um... Yeah, so uh, I think the main Joshua thing is Goji, uh, Robert Covington is obviously. Oh yeah, still Robert good. Covington, of course. You know, Jerry Culver has been good. Um, I mean, like obviously, most of this is a young team, but like this is still like Wiggins and Towns are showing that they're capable players, which is like, all we wanted to see was them to show that show us 
the why you both were number and one overall picks. And coaching changes do wonders. Yes, Ryan Saunders, I think, is doing well. I mean, like so far. a lot better than Tom Thibodeau. He's doing. I, I didn't, but I think he has the buy-in of the team, which is something Tom Thibodeau didn't have. Yeah, so, but because also Tom Thibodeau, as I, I said, as I said before, Tom Thibodeau, I think the NBA just passed him. Yep. So this guy was just running like outdated stuff, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, like, well, I mean, everyone loves the, the Bulls, the 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 tip, the tips Bulls, but but like, that was eight long years ago. Yeah, and really, that shit's over. When now. when 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 the Golden State Warriors came up in twenty fourteen. That's like a whole different era now. 2014 to 2011 is a completely different era. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't really like it that much, but you got to adapt to the game. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, the Timberwolves have been one of the most overachieving teams so far this season. Moving on to another team that I think, uh, you know, I think Zishan probably called was the Phoenix Suns and how they... Well, I, we, we put them as... Like, well, you put them. I, I didn't write to put a lot of stock into them and I'm still... No, Not no, no. We yet. put them, I think, in our standings as like one of the last seeds. Yes, we we put them as. But I think I I was a lot more optimistic than you were. Yeah. I I I said that I think they might be pretty decent, even though they're not gonna win that many games. But they've actually been winning games. I mean, shout out Monty Williams. I mean, he's literally gotten this team like he's gotten Devin Booker to look play really well, and the team plays hard. Like this team plays hard. Aaron Baines and rookie Rubio. I mean, season additions. you wouldn't think they'd be big additions, but they they're paying off. No, I said I I I said before the season that Ricky Rubio would be really good for them. I didn't expect Aaron Baines to be this good for them either. So Aaron Baines, especially in the absence of DeAndre Ayton, yeah, and Aaron Baines not only defensively, obviously, he's better than Ayton, but offensively, he's shooting threes. Yeah, I mean, we should have seen it too because in his last season in Boston, he was doing pretty decent. On threes, so he's starting to really pop threes and stuff like that too. But now he's actually just popping threes. And now that Devin Booker has an actual facilitator on the team, you've seen his efficiency. His efficiency is crazy. I mean, check out our last episode where I wrote about Devin Booker. This guy's stats are crazy, bro. This guy's shooting like 50 something percent from the field, 45% from three or something yeah, like that. That's crazy. Uh, and he's averaging like 20 something. But like the Suns, they have the fourth best offensive rating in the league. Like they are. They're, they're playing well offensively, and I think a lot of it has to do with, again, Booker's efficiency and the fact that he doesn't have to facilitate anymore. Like exactly. He's, he's no yeah. longer the now only guy can, doing everything. He can do what he does best, which is playing all buckets. And he gets and Kelly, a lot of them. Also, Kelly Oubre, um, he's been playing really well for them as a 3-and-D guy, also creating a little bit of his own shot. Javon Carter, de- defensively, has been really bro, good Javon, for them. Bro, if I don't see this guy on an like, all-defensive team, bro. Okay, okay, you're wild. Hey, that's, man, that's, like, a the, the, that's, that's the, a bit much. The guy has that type of potential. That's a bit like, he much. has that type of potential. That's a bit. Whoa, whoa what do you mean, man? Like yeah, uh, Javon Cardon, that's a bit much. Yeah, but either way, I mean, like the Suns are very like I'm. I think they're overachieving. I mean, but like considering we, most people projected them near the bottom. Oh yeah, they have Mikael Bridges too. So yeah, I'm hoping he can also get a lot better too. Um, overall, man, it's just I think they. Taking the next step with Monty Williams there and a good blend of veterans now. They need to keep this going, and I think that's the biggest test on the Suns is that can they keep this this level of production going? Because obviously, when the schedule starts to get a bit harder, you know. I mean, they already beat the Clippers, and like, so and I mean, yeah. The one thing for them as a young team is this is the Clippers you, in November. So no, you gotta, the one thing as a young team, if you can beat a good team to start it out. That really does wonders for your confidence. Because then it's like, oh, we already beat the Clippers. We can do it to any other team. 
Why can't? Why can't we beat any other team then? So that does a lot for their confidence as a young team. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm surprised that the Suns are still playing playing good basketball. But, again, like, it just – let's just hope they, they can keep this keep this going, man. Like, this is uh, – it's, it's fun to see. It's good to see some, the Suns actually looking good so far. Uh, moving on to the final team that we feel are extremely overachieving. And it's one that I didn't even think about until Zeeshan brought it up to me. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers. Remember them? Uh, so, I mean, they're 4-6 and six right now, but they're mm-hmm. 8th in the East. But the point is, bro, we thought they would be complete trash. I definitely thought they were. I thought they were garbage, man. Like I, I, told him, I think we put them I think, dead last in the conference. It was either them or New York. Um. So the biggest thing for the Cavs is obviously their stats are still not great. But one thing is Colin Sexton has been really good for them. He's averaging 19 points right now on like pretty decent efficiency. And Tristan Thompson, I think the biggest thing for Tristan, he's averaging 17 and 11 right now. The main thing for Tristan Thompson, though, I think, is that he's finally healthy after, like, a good three years or something. Because these last three years, after that 2016 finals, all I saw, he was just completely banged up. Like, he was always banged injured. up, dealing with Kardashian shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's still doing that oh, stuff like that right now. But he's been a lot better. And those are the two main catalysts, along with a guy like Kevin Love, who's doing his thing. He's Don't not worry. playing amazing, but he's Kevin Love is uh, he's playing his way out of Cleveland. Don't worry, just play, I mean, he's playing no, well Port- enough to get traded. Portland, Portland, Portland is desperate. They might, they might, they Portland might call needs, I think Kevin Love would be really good for Portland. Bro, Kevin Love for Hassan Whiteside. I think I would do that. Okay, but the the problem because like screw Hassan Whiteside. Okay, <laughs> the problem with Portland is though that they won't even have. Because if they had Yusuf Nurkic, yeah, do that deal right away. But they don't have Yusuf Nurkic right now. That's the issue for them. We'll touch Why upon the trip to walk, man. Like, we'll we'll touch upon the Blazers later on. But the Cavs are doing surprisingly pretty decent. I mean, for their standards. Yeah, I mean, like I I I personally have not paid a lot of attention to the Cavs, but the fact that they were they're an eight seed and like they're like again guys like Tristan Thompson, who we haven't seen like this level of production from him in like years. Is impressive enough, and, and he's, he's scoring a little bit. Well, he made he's made already three threes in the season, which he Whoa. he he never had more than. I think he had like one. How many threes did he have before? Under Left five, under five, I think. <laughs> I but he's already hit three threes. He hit two in Philly. I mean, it's an ugly shot. <laughs> it's an ugly shot, but hey, the point is that at least that shows that he's improved his improvement. That he hit three threes already. Um, yeah, and then like. I mean, they're still not great, but... I mean, obviously, they do have things to look forward to. Obviously, they do have good players. And, like, Darius Garland is still there. Chetty Osman. Uh, I think they have... Uh, I mean, Darius Garland isn't playing that great right now. But the point is... He's a rookie. Him, him and Colin Sexton, I think, haven't been as bad together as, for me, that I thought they would be. Because I didn't think they'd be that great together. They've been better than I thought they would be together. Yeah, they've complimented each other better than I thought they would be. That's, they that's the biggest like takeaway for me. Kevin Porter Jr. is actually a good pickup for them as well. I mean, well, like, I mean, he hasn't really done much of anything. But they, right they, now, they have players. Like it's not like they he, don't. He his his in college he was a beast. So like they they're actually better than they thought. We everyone thought so they far. Would be. So far. Do I think it's gonna last? No, I don't think it will. But it's nice to see, and I think they are definitely and they're, they're overachieving. The thing is, also about. they're fighting in these games too. Yeah. So that's they're, that's like for young teams and garbage teams. If if they lose, that's not really an issue. Coach. 
Um, I think it's some it's, 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 um, some college guy. No, it's uh, what's his face? Um, he took over Michigan, I think. Right? Uh, bro, that's how forget forgettable the Cleveland Cavaliers have been. Um, it's uh, yeah, what's it called? I'm, bro, I'm blinking out on his name. It was but, a guy from the college coach, a guy from Michigan. It was it was a Michigan uh, coach, yeah. That's what I remember. But but uh, yeah, so like they've they've like as I said. I don't for garbage teams and like young teams. I don't care if they lose because that's gonna happen. But as long as you're playing hard and you're fighting in those games, I think that's a real sign of like, you know, development. Development, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, those were our five teams that we feel are overachieving. Let us know what you guys think. Now let's flip flip the script over to teams that are underachieving. Now obviously there are you know with, with the season like this one, there was a lot of expectations going around. And I think the best place to start with an underachieving team is the Portland Trailblazers. Um, obviously, last season they were a third seed. They have, they still have Dame, CJ. It's basically, I mean, they did lose a, a lot of key pieces. Like they lost Alfred Camino, they lost Seth Curry, they Mo Harkless. they lost Mo Harkless, and uh, Nurkic is injured. They lost Cantor as well. So yeah, the main thing I think with them is that they have a lot of new pieces in the rotation, and they're a lot of it is them trying to figure out what they're doing and chemistry issues. But yeah, they've, they've really been not that great, man. No, man, they, they can't. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that their offense is just Dame. I mean, Damian Lillard can't play any better than he's playing now. I mean, he dropped 60 and they still lost. Like, that's that's just telling. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is something that shouldn't happen. And obviously, like, CJ, he's been, he's been decent, but he hasn't been, like, a borderline all-star that people have been expecting him to be. And then, not to mention, their defense is complete garbage. And you would you wouldn't think it would be that garbage if they had Hassan Whiteside. But the problem is Hassan Whiteside Hassan is Whiteside also is complete doing a garbage. Bunch of nothing. I mean, like the, the the Trailblazers are 18th in defensive rating. I mean, like it's not great, but it's also not not good. Like for a, if you want to be a playoff team in the West, you need to have a minimum Hassan Whiteside is top doing 10 a defense. Bunch of nothing. But I think the main thing is, as I said before, also Zach Collins is out. That's yeah. that's a pretty big loss for them. Um, Collins and Nurkic, like obviously they are banged up, but. They shouldn't be as bad as they are now. Like they should I think not. the main thing is defensively as well, as well as offensively, that a bunch of new guys, it'll take time for them to adjust and know what they're doing. And like nobody especially especially when they're young guys like uh, Anthony Simons, um, Nasir Little, you know, all these guys are Scalabissier. Like, these guys are young guys that are just new on this team, so I think it'll take them a little bit of time. Do I expect them to get better? I think they'll get better. But I mean, at this so. rate, at this rate, if you keep playing like at this level, they're not gonna make the. I mean, in the, in the West, loaded West, in it's, the West, it's it's crazy. I mean, like they're they're literally like they're they're like if they keep this up for another ten games, I don't. I think they they might even miss the playoffs. Yeah, teams. it's it's crazy how like the Blazers have been a team that's extremely. And think about it this way, to be honest, like I know we've been saying Raptors are really good, which they are. But as a player, as from the perspective of Bla- of the Blazers, you cannot lose to a team that's down. Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, OG Ananobi, and, well, Patrick McCall. I mean, he was our rotation guy. Like, he was in our rotation. So, we basically lost our top, like, four of our top eight guys. So, so for so, I mean, Raptors, Patrick McCall was... Some, I mean, he uh, was a guy. We played him off the bench. Sometimes. We weren't playing Sometimes. Rondo. We weren't... Yeah, but, like, that's that's what I'm saying. So, at least... At least Three of the biggest rotation pieces. As Blazers, you cannot lose to a team without three of their biggest rotational pieces. You know? Yeah. Especially a team that's coming off of 
a game from Grueling back to games. back. Yeah, back to back when uh, against the Lakers and the Clippers. You can't. You can't. That's that's inexcusable. Yeah, I mean, like, and and the, the fact that the Raptors dominated you in the fourth quarter. That's that's not that's him. not good. I mean, Pascal is literally just like he killed everybody that was on him. And defensively, right. they had no answer for him. Yeah. That's that's where the issue of and guys like they shut down Dame like that was the big thing Gamini. they shut down Dame and like the Raptors shut down Damian Lillard and they couldn't. do That's anything. where guys like Alfrook and Mo Harkless came in. Yeah, like Mo Harkless in the Clippers game, he was playing pretty good defense. He was playing pretty good defense on Pascal Siakam. Um, Mo Harkless has always been a solid defender. Like he wasn't no, a great. No, he's been a good he's defender. He's been solid. He's been a pretty good. De- same with Alfrook Aminu. But when you get when you don't have guys like that anymore. And you're playing in uh, Rodney Hood trying to guard Pascal Siakam. That's not going to work. Rodney Hood or Anthony Simmons. Like, it's not going to work like yeah. that, man. Uh, but, yeah, the Portland Trailblazers, underachieving so far. Another team that's underachieving that, I don't know, most people wouldn't think they would be underachieving. Well, we had them as, like, the 10th seed. So. We had them decently high, but the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I think the biggest thing with the Bulls is that we expected them, you know, with some of the veteran players like Thad Young, Thomas Antoransky, obviously Levine getting better, marketing getting better. We expected this team to not look as bad as they they currently look. The main thing is, uh, team wise, it's just I don't know what they're doing. It's a they Jim Boylan market up. Jim Boylan, bro. <laughs> I don't. I never understood honestly why they brought him back. But then, like clearly, I don't know. It's one of those decisions that you just don't know what guard packs are doing, man. Like you know why? Because they want a yes man. They do. They they want a yes. They man. literally want a yes. Well, man. we'll talk about. Uh, the Knicks later on, but that's that's the issue again. They want a yes man. The Bulls have not; they've just been not good, man. Their offenses have their offense hasn't been great. Their defense hasn't been great. It's they, just it's ugly on both sides. But of they the have game. players. It's not like they don't have players. And exactly, they have good players, like, man. The only bright spots I've seen so far is Kobe White, Kobe Wendell Carter. White looks nice. Wendell Carter and Kobe White have Wendell been the Carter, only yeah. people I've actually seen do anything. Zach Levine, I don't understand why everyone hyped up Zach Levine so much. Like this guy's a good scorer, no doubt. That's, but yeah, even it. that, that he's limited in that, and everything else is not good at. So, I mean, like that's literally what was what's been our criticism on Andrew Wiggins, and everyone roasts Wiggins for it. I guess it's just because Wiggins was the number one overall pick. I don't, I, I don't know why people but like I would hype d- up Zach Levine like that. I guess it's just popularity or something. No, but, it's popularity and but, also dunk contest. Yeah, know. but that's what I'm saying. It's like Zach Levine too, man. Like. This guy's just chucking shots left and right and breaking. In the game that they faced us, all I saw was Zach Levine shoot, like, it seemed like a hundred times and maybe make, like, five of them. Yeah, like, Zach Levine needs some more discipline, especially, like, on... But then again, it's like, what else is their offense? Like, what else is the Bulls' offense? Exactly. Maybe Kobe White? That's the issue. What else is their offense? It's ugly. Larry Markin... How are, you, how are you not getting Lowry marking in, in his, like, in the high post and stuff like that, bro? They're not doing anything. You can do something with that. Bro, they're having Lowry marking just stand at the top of the key doing nothing, man. Like, come on. you get Lowry marking is too talented of a player for him to be doing that. That's also an issue with him that he's not defending the ball more. But also, bro, that comes down to coaching, man. I don't I don't know what the coaching is doing, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm like... Punching in clock times, bro. What is that, man? You're, you're in the NBA, bro. Come on. Yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> Jim Boylan is an interesting figure, but yeah, I think no, we didn't we didn't expect the Bulls to look this bad. I think that's that's the biggest overall thing. Moving on to another team that we didn't expect to look this bad after coming off of a, of a season where they made the playoffs, it's the Orlando Magic. 
I mean, the Orlando Magic were a playoff team last year, and I think we predicted. Like, I mean, you well, you had them as I, I had ninth. them on the ninth seed. You we predicted had them, them as the to make the playoffs. So the currently, they're not doing even what you predicted either. Yeah. So they're they're doing worse than what we so thought they were. One issue is that, as we said, defensively they're still good. You know, um, I mean that's all Steve Clifford teams. Steve Clifford, Steve Clifford, yeah, exactly. Always Steve, well. Steve Clifford teams are always good defensively. Offensively, they're, they're, they're third defensively. So yeah, they're very, very good defensively. Yeah, offensively, where they, they they're they, atrocious. Twenty ninth, second last in the league. That is offensive. bad, man. So the issue is Nikola Vucevic, who they resigned to a hundred million dollar contract. He got Marcus shook. Hulk, he got shook by he got Marcus. Shook. Hulk. He he. Really Whenever Marcus all comes in town, Nick Vucevic calls him daddy. <laughs> like that's how bad it is. Marcus shook. Marcus shook Nikola Vucevic. That's that's what happened, bro. Nikola Nikola Vucevic has not been the same. Let me let me get. He's averaging eighteen, which for him is not that great coming off of All Star season last year. Eleven point five rebounds. Okay, that's pretty decent. Forty five percent from the field. As a big man. Forty five percent from the field. Like that's and, ugly. And even worse, twenty seven percent from three. We thought he finally made progress last year as a three point shooter. Now he's back down to twenty seven percent. He's doing a bunch of like mediocre. I mean, you have to also understand last year he was in a contract year. This year he's exactly. not paid. But also, Marcus all shook him. That's yeah. What I mean, look. Every time Marcus all comes to like Orlando, Orlando plays the Raptors. That's always Daddy's home. <laughs> Nick Vucevic. I mean, like. And also, Aaron Gordon is averaging 14 points. I don't know what's going so on. So we'll talk about this uh, later on when we talk about DeMar DeRozan. But Aaron Gordon, um, I think he really needs to be traded. I don't know how they would trade him with that huge contract that he they gave needs, him. He needs, a new, he, needs, he needs a coach who could properly utilize it. Exactly. All his coaches haven't been able to figure out how, where to put the guy. Is he a small forward? Is he a power is, forward? Is, is he not, a point forward? Is he a point is center? Not, I Bro, put him if you, I think if you put him in that Blake Griffin role, that would do wonders for him, man. Even though he's nowhere near the passer that Blake Griffin is, but Blake Griffin is a massively better passer than he is. I mean, but that but doesn't mean in that, that he same can't get role. There. Yeah, in that same role, put him in that same type of role. First of all, Aaron Gordon should not be sharing the court with two other big men. He should not be that playing small sense, forward. Yeah. Aaron Gordon is he a power needs to forward. be a power forward. He, he can't play at power forward. Like he can't um, shoot to be a be a small forward. No, so. I think even if yeah, exactly. If if you put him at power forward, he's faster than the bigs. He's bigger than the smalls, right? So I think you need to really they need to either utilize him properly, which I don't think is gonna happen with all the big men that they have: Mo Bamba, Nikola Vucevic, Jonathan Isaac. I don't think that's gonna happen. Ken Birch. Ken Birch. Like, I don't think that's gonna happen. So that's what I'm saying. I think you should literally just trade him, man. The Magic I, need to make a trade, and I think the, the the biggest thing they need is an offensive player, and I think we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that, but see, if you replace Aaron Gordon with an offensive player, at least even 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 if you just someone to create his own shot. Yeah. I mean, Markel Fultz is okay, but like obviously he's still trying to or, find his footing. Or just a shooter, man. Yeah. Or a shooter. they need a shooter. Yeah. They they really need a shooter. When was the last time they had a shooter? JJ Reddick? Well, T. T. Ross. I mean, I guess consistent shooter. Consistent. Let's go with I mean, he's a lot more consistent now. He's a lot more consistent. Now. I mean, I don't know. But the the point is, Aaron Gordon is like I either utilize him or trade him. To be honest, because you're really screwing his and career. And so far, like nobody has figured. Like I don't I don't understand why it's so hard for coaches to figure out how to use this guy. Like you're, you're just, he has so much potential, but like, I know. But they're literally just wasting him. He's, man. He's, they're just screwing his career over, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and finally, the last team that we feel is underachieving, which 
to be honest, I personally am not too shocked about this, but I guess I can I see. Think, I think the issue is that we thought they would at least have more wins. I think be the hype better than they would actually. Be. I think the hype kind of clouded a lot of people's judgment on this, but it's the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, they're obviously what have they are they still two and eight right now two and eight they are what now obviously the biggest thing is last. that they don't have Zion that's that's the base yeah but they still have guys like Brandon Ingram JJ Redick Lonzo Josh Hart like they all have, these they, have they still have pretty decent have players, players man like they're actually they're and they play decent. hard like that's the thing this team plays hard I just they, just they just can't close games that's the issue with the like young team. Brandon Ingram has looked really good like he's exactly. he's literally the the only guy keeping them in games and. That's the issue with the young team, but I think we thought they would be better than they would be. Yeah, right they now, they they, they should be like they have they would. T- like, we expect them to look better than they do now, but obviously this team we need to see them with Zion. We need to see how this team is going to be with Zion Williamson. Exactly. Uh, how healthy he's going to be, but uh, that's basically the thing. But New Orleans is kind of underachieving as far as the expectations for this team were. But obviously, they're still a young team. This is where they should be as a rebuilding franchise. This is kind of where they should be. But obviously, the hype and the talent on this team, you would say otherwise. So now, let's move on to the up and under segment. Um, So, I guess we've already talked about this a bit, but are you up or under on the Orlando Magic expressing interest in DeMar DeRozan? I'm very up on this uh, because I think, as we talked about, I suggested to Hani before this we were talking about this episode. So I said, Aaron Gordon for DeMar in a first-round pick. See, the San Antonio Spurs don't want to pay DeMar, which I think will also be an issue with Orlando because Orlando has a pretty big cap as well. So that that's the one issue that would... But here's the thing, DeMar's on a one-year deal. This is literally like a No, but that's what I'm saying. So he wants to, he wants to like get a... Contract and Spurs are not willing to give him that big yeah. contract. I don't. Know like, if we the already magic said that his future with the Spurs it, it wasn't wasn't going to be long term. Yeah, and I don't think the Magic would be really that open to giving him any more money either, especially with the cap uh, thing that they have. But they also, if they traded Aaron Gordon, a lot of that cap room would be freed up. Um, the issue is that, uh, like as we said, Aaron Gordon is doing. A bunch of nothing because they haven't been utilizing properly. And what the Orlando Magic need, although DeMar DeRozan is not a shooter, but at least DeMar DeRozan can get buckets. He can get buckets. He can score. That's what he is. Uh, I mean, like now, I, playoffs. That's a different story. But regular first season, they gotta make it. They're twenty ninth yeah, right now. You can address that issue in the playoffs. And they've never been a great offensive team. And here's anyway, the thing so about more the same. Yeah, and here's the thing about like uh, the Magic is that like you gotta give. Give Aaron Gordon to someone like Popovich. Like, it is literally, like, I think it's unfair gifting Popovich a player like Aaron Gordon because you, there's so many things Pop can do with this guy. Exactly. But I think he needs that for his career. And I think the, the the Magic would also benefit greatly from getting DeMar because DeMar can create his own shot, like you mentioned. He can pass. He can he can pass. Like, he's a facilitator. Um. Also, on the flip side, for the Spurs, they have a bunch of guards trying to get minutes. Derek White, Bryn Forbes, uh, Lonnie Walker, um... Dijonte Murray. They have a bunch of guys waiting, but Demar Drozen's eating up their time. So if you move Demar Drozen out there, that frees up time for all your young guys to properly develop and get a guy like Aaron Gordon in there. That's amazing, man. Put put Lamarcus can play the five. You can have uh, Aaron Gordon at the four. That's that's a pre. That's a better team, I would argue that than than they have right now. So 
I mean, like... I don't know how the trade would exactly work. I mean, like, they would have to throw... Like, they need to make salaries match, obviously. Like, Aaron Gordon yeah. making about $20 million a year. And, and exactly. So I, said, I, don't, I don't know how the trade would so, exactly work, but the main premise is I think that would be a really good swap. Like, DeMar for... Th- I mean, obviously, Jeff Walkman is assembling the... Assembling Raptors 2.0. I mean, he's already got Terrence Ross on the roster. He already has DJ Augustine. Why not get DeMar as well? What is this, like 2013 Raptors? I don't know. <laughs> Watch to get Pat Patterson. <laughs> Watch Bro, I, would, I would laugh, man. I would laugh. Hey, that wouldn't even be... Actually, no, they have like a billion big men now. I don't think yeah. they need anymore. But yeah, so I think... Because DeMar, I don't think he's going to stay with the Spurs. So I mean, I don't think the Spurs are going to keep him. Like I was completely against the Spurs even trying to Especially, keep him. Especially, yeah. So you might as well, if you're the Spurs, trade him right now. Explore trade options, yeah. Yeah. So with the one year left, I think you could trade him right now. Expiring, you might be able to get something for him. Like, you can get decent value. Exactly. And reason. the point is that you free up all that time for DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, Ben Forbes, uh, yeah. Derek White, all these guys. Yeah. So I think, I don't know. I think it would be a good trade. Especially for Orlando and San Antonio to do. Yeah. I think it would work well. Something to look into. Yeah, next up. Are you up or under on Russell Westbrook after last game saying uh, that Patrick Beverly doesn't guard anybody and that we've been tricked because he doesn't guard anybody. All he does is a bunch of running around the whole game and a bunch of nothing. Pretty much is what he said. Here's the thing about defense. Defense is 99% just moving and being in the right place. Effort. Like, it's basically putting in effort. And that's, I think, you can't take that away from Patrick Beverly. Like, he puts in a lot of effort on defense. And say what you want about his offense and say what you want about his his way of playing the game. He plays hard and it works. Like, he, he shuts down guys. And the fact that he gets so much into p- players' heads that Russell Westbrook feels the need to comment on him. Well, I mean, that's also because of the fact that this guy's dived at Russell Westbrook's knees a bunch of times. I mean that too, too but like I mean like like I'm not gonna say Beverly isn't a, isn't a dirty player. I think he is to a degree dirty. Like I'm not gonna say he's like Ursan Silva dirty or <laughs> shit like that. But like he's he's dirty. Kelly Olynyk. Oh Kelly Olynyk dirty. Like you know, but like he is. But you know, I, I I'm not gonna say that Beverly isn't a just doesn't guard anyone. So like he plays the under on. Russell? I'm under. I'm yeah. under. Man. I I think Beverly. I mean Russell defense. Westbrook. Westbrook, he come like look. The thing about Westbrook is that he doesn't like to lose, and I and I respect that about Westbrook. But like when he does lose, he always tries to find a reason to pinpoint that on and have to blame it on Beverly. So, I mean, I can't say much about it. Moving on, are you up or under on Gordon Hayward being out for six weeks? Man, the guy. Just got back. Started to feel good. We're gonna okay. I think we can do this all in one go. So bunch of injuries. You can. So there's there's a bunch of injuries in the league. So basically, everyone's freaking injured. Like everyone's injured. I guess. So when we're saying up or under, for those of you who are gonna misconstrue this, we're not talking about. We don't. We're not encouraging. You know, being happy for these guys being injured. Obviously, we think it it sucks for everybody. But are you up or under how these teams are gonna fare without these guys in the lineup? Is what we're trying to say. So Gordon Hayward's out for six weeks. He had a hit. Had a. I think he broke his hand, broke his he, hand. He broke, fractured his hand. He fractured his on hand on Lamarcus Aldridge's screen. Yep, Karis Lavert. He's out. Chris Middleton's out for a month. Uh, obviously, there's other players as well that we haven't even like looked at. But well, OG and Kyle Lowry and Serge. Kyle Baca Lowry, Serge Ibaka. Well, OG's gonna be back next team, but Serge and Kyle Lowry. Um, I think those are like a lot of the main players. Yeah, I mean, like I'm just looking through to see if there's anyone else we missed. And I mean, Eric, Eric Gordon. Oh yeah, knee Eric, surgery. Eric Landry Gordon. Shamit, grade two high ankle sprain. Like there's a lot of players. Eric Gordon's out for a while. 
Also, obviously, there, uh, there's that whole thing with Anthony Davis and his shoulder issue. But according to Kendrick Perkins, it's been going on for five years. So I don't think that's going to change anything. Yeah, I mean, those are basically the major injuries. Oh, Darren Fox is out for oh, a yeah, few Darren weeks. Oh, yeah, Darren Fox is out for like uh, four to six weeks or something like that, too. Um, well, I mean, I'm under on all of them because all of these guys that you just mentioned, it's not like, I mean, I think, I think, uh, for the first season when Gordon Hayward was there, I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise. Not for, obviously not for Gordon Hayward because it was terrible for him, but in terms of Boston Celtics for letting guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown develop like that, uh, Terry Rozier. But now all of these guys, including Gordon Hayward are all playing huge parts on their team. Eric Gordon, Karis LeVert. Uh, Chris Milton, who's like their secondary star for the Bucks. Um, who did we? Oh, De'Aaron Fox, who's their best player. All these guys are all out. So Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, which and all these guys are all playing really good for their teams. So, yeah. I mean, it sucks, but it's it's this is I'm why this is what I mean. This is why we meant by like this is the dog days of the NBA. I mean, like because like guys everyone's are getting, like, every, everyone's, everyone's getting banged injured, up. Now. Like guys are getting banged up and like and uh, yeah, so like. AAU man, like the whole AAU system, like that's why that's why the old guys all hate it, bro. Imagine that's why even LeBron came out um talking about that too. He was talking about how he's like, yo, this is crazy how um these kids are playing like ten games in a day. Like yeah. how your body's not gonna. That's why having bro Zion Williamson, Ben Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, all these guys came into the league having to sit out a huge number of games because these guys are all. We're injured. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, this is a personal experience. I mean, like I mean, like I get out, get burnt out from like two, two, three straight games of like pickup. That like yeah, that's, and that's pickup ball. That takes a lot yeah, out of you. And this is AU ball playing like ten games, man. That's not that's not good for you. That's why there's that thing about that Dwayne uh, Wayne Gretzky quote about how you'd be like, once the hockey season was over, once the NHL season was over, I'll hang up my gloves and my skates. I'll put my stick away. I wouldn't do no hockey for the rest of the summer until the next season. Why? Because that drains you, and that's how you get injured. So, like, that's that's a whole issue that they're gonna have to deal with on, yeah. um, on a on a like youth level. Yeah. Starting from. I the mean, youth. it also doesn't help that like a lot. I like you notice that a lot play, more players are playing more competitively because obviously there's. That's what I'm saying. You can so beat a, any team at any night. Yeah, like AU ball and stuff like that. It, it doesn't. It's not good. It doesn't help. Kid. No, it doesn't help at all. That's why all the old guys all hate it. Kobe said he hated KGs. All, all these guys. And all these guys, like LeBron stuff, they played AU and stuff, but not at this degree that yeah. Especially with all, you know, the social media now. Yeah. All these guys are all hyped up on YouTube mixes and all this stuff. So when you're hyped up like that, when you're pressured to play, give a show to fans everywhere as like a 10th grader, you're going to play those 10 straight games because yeah. you have no other choice. You know, and like sponsors are recruiting you and everything like that. So I think, yeah, that's an issue that they're all gonna have to address uh, as like on a whole like yeah. level. Um, next up, are you up or under on the uh, Brooklyn Nets signing Iman Shumpert? So they're currently, I think, at sixteen players right now. They're once Wilson Chandler comes back, I think. Um, I don't know if they can keep him or not with the Carousel Vert injury. But I know for sure once Wilson Chandler comes back and definitely Karis Silver comes back, they're going to have to uh, release somebody on the team. So are you up or under on the net signing Iman Shumpert for at least right now? I'm up on it. I mean, like, the thing about Iman Shumpert is, like, he's no longer, like, a, like a top rotation guy. But I think he's a guy who you can throw in there. 
can give you some solid minutes. I mean, last year with Houston, he was able to come in, hit some shots, play some defense. And that's what he is. I mean, I, and I think that's what the Nets need right now. They need a guy to come in, a veteran guy to come in, hit some shots. Uh, just I, plug the hole right yeah, now. Yeah, just plug a hole right now for, like, Karis Lover being out. Like and that. Wilson Chandler being and, out. Who was supposed to be, like, they're starting small forward pretty much. Well, Wilson Chandler's Until suspended. Until comes back. Yeah, well, Wilson Chandler's suspended. But, so, yeah, Karis Lover is out. Yeah, I mean, like, I think this is a decent pickup for... For the for the situation that was uh, uh, was dealt to the to the Nets, That's all I have to say about that. And finally, let's talk about the other New York team. Remember them, uh, the New York Knicks. They've had an interesting week. Uh, basically, are you up on on the whole New York Knicks situation? And I'm going to give context on the situation. So basically, the okay, Knicks. Okay, well, first off, I'm under on the whole thing, but yes, continue. So the Knicks basically are haven't started the season off. On a good note. Which I don't I don't know why all these Knicks fans before the season were like, yo, we still have a pretty decent team. We yeah. still have a pretty decent yes, team. We can still probably make the playoffs. We'll still make the playoffs. So the Knicks got blown so out by the Bulls. Funny as hell, man. The Knicks got blown out by the Bulls at home. And that was basically the straw where... They got blown out by the Cavs at home. So, well. yep. And that's where President Steve Mills decided to hold an impromptu press conference. And uh, Scott Perry was there as well. Yeah, I forget about Scott Perry. Uh, and basically... Steve while Mills. David Fisdale was in the locker room. Yeah, while David Fisdale was in the locker room, he basically called out David Fisdale and basically said that we're laying the groundwork he, to move no, on. No, well, that was the report that he was laying the groundwork. In the press release, he was like, oh, no, I, su- I support I support Fisdale, blah, 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 blah. But obviously, it was kind of like two-faced kind of thing. Yeah. So the issue with, um, first of all, but what's been the main constant over the past decade? Of all this Knicks trash. Steve Mills. He's been the one constant over this, this past decade. More more than a decade. Um, and also, the fact is that... You have to... At this point, Steve Mills has to go. That's for sure. We, I think we Steve all Mills agree has on to go. that. Dolan has to go. Dolan's never going to go. That's the thing. So, he owns the team. So, you can't, really, sell the you team. can't really do anything about that. Well, he's never going to do it. Because the Knicks are the most valuable franchise in sports. But why? Like, they're so trash. Well, that's like, what happens I mean, when you're New Yorkers. New York. Like uh, that's what happens like, when you're new. Like, Think about this. Why don't they go to KD and Kyrie? Literally, that that's the one thing I have to say, bro. Knicks fans, like, why do you, you go guys, to the game? You guys should like stop going games. You man. can watch this garbage at home, bro. Stop going games, so at least they'll fix. They'll try to fix up. Bro. Or go to if Brooklyn. James Dolan take the isn't trade. having the having the um, if James Dolan isn't having the revenue, then I think he'll be forced to fix it. Which also I think that that whole impromptu press conference. I don't think even Scott Perry and uh, Stephen Mills look kind of uncomfortable, which I think stems from the fact that Daddy Dolan, James Dolan is the one who told them to do it. I'm sorry, I watched Michael apparently, Rapp apparently, apparently, yeah, yeah, Michael Rapp. Apparently, um, so the report was that James Dolan was apparently yelling at Stephen Mills before, and he was like, "Yo, you're you're not doing anything and stuff like that." So I think the whole press conference came from above, right? So yeah, no. it's just it's a whole. I mean, Steve Mills is a puppet. He's literally a puppet for James Dolan. It's it's a whole mess. It's it's terrible, bro. It's just classic Knicks, man. It is classic Knicks. I mean, like, like even what did you play- expect when you signed your best player? You signed this offseason was Julius Randle. Did you really expect that your team was going to be and that they want to they want to they want to get David Fisdale as a scapegoat? David Fisdale is not the problem with the New York Knicks. Exactly, he is not the problem. In, in fact, I would the give issue, him. Okay, there's been a few issues. But he gave it to those locations and stuff like that. But I've he's not a big questions. issue. But who does he have questions. to work with? Yeah, that's the issue. That's that's the problem. Steve Mills and Scott Perry did a whole bunch of nothing. 
right? Like you just sign. What What do you expect when you sign like ten power forwards? Okay, so, like you fought to get Marcus Morris when you didn't need him. When you already had Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, all these guys, Mitchell, bro, they're literally killing the young guys, man. Like Mitchell Robertson, Kevin Mitchell Knox. Robinson, remember him? Kevin Knox. Yo, R.J. Barrett, I don't know he's why... The be- he's the best thing going for the Okay, but even right now, too, he's struggling now, too. I mean, which, he's a rookie. Which, what do you expect when no, you trade away for Zingas? He's a rookie, but also, what do you have around him? A bunch of garbage, man. You have, like, a bunch of just whole toxic I mean, this is worse than when you have Porzingis. This is when you have Porzingis. You have some semblance of talent around him, but, like... R.J. Barrett... I don't... First of all, I don't understand why R.J. Barrett wanted to go. I mean, out of the top three, I guess, yeah, the most money... Profitability would be the New York Knicks. No, it would have been, but like either way, I mean, but he was the consensus number three pick. The New York Knicks would have been fools not to take him. Was it never the third pick? Exactly. So, so like, it's the Knicks, man. Classic. It's the Knicks. It's it's just the Knicks. I mean, like they don't want to organically build a franchise. That's the they think a they franchise just wanna is gonna be, come. They just want to be, you know, classic New York, bright lights. Biggest media market in the world. Just get whoever you can. Biggest names. And now, the most laughable thing about this entire situation is that Dolan was thinking of getting rid of Steve Mills and trying to go after Masai Ujiri of the Raptors. Yeah, which, and that's not going to happen. Man. Because in in hope that Masai can lure Giannis to New York. That as is not that's happening. Happen, and as if that's two things. Happen. Number one, never going to happen. Masai... I mean, if he didn't take the Washington job where his wife is from, where he apparently had an ownership stake, but, like, Ted Leonis said that was not true. So, I don't know. But the fact is that the Washington job was pretty damn good. Let, right? me, let me explain a couple things. Number one, you think James Jones is rich? Have you seen the MLSE, the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment? They, they basically, they can pay anything Masai wants. So, money's not a problem. We can, we'll, they will do anything in their power to keep Masai Ujiri around because he won them a championship. And Masai wants to be here. So like, And Masai wants to be here. Second point is that if Masai is bringing Giannis anywhere, he's bringing Giannis here to Toronto. Facts. So Giannis and Toronto. The plan's already in motion. So Dolan can't jump on this plan now. See, see the fact that Dolan's even saying this, knows that the plan is working. Exactly. The plan is working. Uh, I rest my case. The point, the point is, man, like, New York fans, I, I don't know. Yeah, just stop going to the games, man. Like, they, they, you can't keep supporting this shit. Like, take it. They haven't. They haven't done anything since 1970. They had the Patrick Ewing era. They still couldn't get. I, I mean, mean, the they, best thing no, you did in the got, last decade was Melo. But even though you, they like, got to finals on the Patrick Ewing era. They after, bro. 73 was their last championship. 1973, man. So 2012 was their last playoff. Bro, my d- they, dude. 1973 was a long time ago. Bro, they had that the Patrick is 46. Ewing. Years ago. They had they had um the Bernard King era, which he was amazing, but like they didn't do much of anything. Patrick Ewing was pretty good. Their teams were pretty decent. They made the finals, but they could never get over the hump. And then they made the finals in uh, ninety nine, which they should not have, but they still made it somehow. And that's it. And then they had the Mellow era, which did went decent for the first like two years. Amari Stoudemire punched his hand, punched a punch class, and then he broke his hand, and that was the end of that. Yeah, so I guess the best thing was saying that New York fan, Knicks fans, like whoever's left, just stop supporting this team. I mean, this until or at least, least, bro, just don't go to the games. Don't go to the Cut game, off man. revenue from the New York Knicks, so they'll be forced to no, do no, something. If you even want to go to a game, just take the take the train and go to Brooklyn. I mean, like at least you're getting you might good well, basketball. Bro. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, you gotta pay for the Metro Pass, but you know what? New York subway system is actually fairly decently priced, in my opinion. Anyway, then this is coming from someone who lives in Toronto. And we're like, shit's overpriced everywhere. 
So I mean, I mean, what is it? I think England has like the best uh, public transportation. I mean, like New York Transit, it's, it's it's not great, but it's cheap. It's not like it's not like it's. You know. I mean, it's pretty bad, but it's like apparently TTC was ranked the best. Uh, uh, what's it called public transportation? I don't know about that one. I, <laughs> I don't, know, I don't yeah, know about I, that one. Man. That, they were ranked, but I was like, yeah, I don't know about. <laughs> I don't that. know about TTC, man. Like that's 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 someone else's debate. But yeah, I mean, the Knicks just stop supporting this team, man. Uh, with that. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Definitely subscribe to the show if you guys uh, enjoy it so you don't miss some of our great content. So like I said in the beginning, follow the show on wherever you can find a podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Basically, wherever you can find a podcast. You can or you can us. just go on our website, upandunder.com. Um, upandunderpodcast.com. Yeah, upandunderpodcast.com where we have all our blog posts. And you can just listen to the episode over there too if you want to. Yeah, it's our central hub for, for the show. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at up and under pod. That's up letter N under pod. Facebook is, is at up and under podcast. Follow us there for all the latest updates. And whenever we post, post an episode or a reaction to news as they come. Uh, and yeah, as always, guys, we'll see you guys all in the next episode. Take it easy. Easy. Next episode. Take it easy. Peace.